superstar. Wish to have a fancy car. Wish to have a million bucks. Go. Well, I wish I know being in love. So feel me, pretty baby. I make one wish and I wish it all on you. Oh, 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 oh. Making love to the break of dawn. Me and you to the baby's born. Till my baby's born. Oh my God. Put the horns on it. Oh shit! Oof! Let's cut that off. Hey, bro. To my baby's boy. <laughs> to, to my, my baby's boy. To my baby's boy. This nigga went crazy, bro. <laughs> to my baby. <laughs> to my baby. Hey, yo. Um, I'm so sorry, Kiego, man. I will never do that again. <laughs> it's all good. Hey, it happens, pimp. Yo, I went into this shit like, yo, Omari, I got the catalog, man. I played O for niggas. I was like, you never heard O. Listen to this shit, bro. You remember Touch? You remember all these fire yeah, jokes that B2K made? Mm-hmm. Nigga didn't even touch the B2K records. Of course. He went straight into his solo stuff. And it went, he, he was heavy on the Maybach O era. And I was like, nobody knows these songs, bro. Yep. He did Speeding like it was a banger. I was like, son, <laughs> this is not the one. He did Speeding <laughs> like it was a banger. It was like, this is not it, bro. But when he played M.I.A. and the crowd didn't do anything, I was like, okay, you lost. You lost this one, bro. Because M.I.A. is a banger. That's... It's one of his best songs, easily. And that's saying a lot because Omarion does have good songs. Like, I don't want the versus performance to, like, you know, overshadow his catalog. The guy has made great music. He just yeah. does not perform well, obviously. Did it too much pop locking, was out of breath. He could not keep up with uh, the musical stylings of Mario, who sung circles around this boy. Mm-hmm. Ridiculousness. I didn't know Mario could sing like that. I didn't know I- Mario was that tall. <laughs> Let me love you didn't let you know that that's how he was giving it up. That was Jane sound good. It does. He man. can hit the notes. The little whistle. I, I want to do it so bad right now, but I'm not even going to burn <laughs> You don't rage yourself. I would, I would, Cause I want to, I could, <laughs> facts. I could hit that shit. But that little put, makeup on your shirt, you're a dime plus 99. The bars yeah. was there, bro. It went crazy. Kryptonite, that will go crazy. Grown man bars. Yeah. Yeah. Feel your heart. Ain't, that, ain't that him too? Carl I didn't Elfie. know that was him. I didn't Feel know, son. When that yeah, came bro. on, I was like, did he make this too? I was like, son. oh God, I was wrong. Son. You're welcome. It's okay. For, that shit was ridiculous, for me, bro. Girl. <laughs> Feel your heart. Like, bro. Mario he, did that, man. He murdered him, man. It was a massacre. It might have been a clean sweep. I'm not even going to hold you. And not even it gentleman 30. It was a massacre. A body bag. <laughs> yeah, bro. What? Oh, my God. And then who was Ray J versus him? Okay, so it was a double header. So it was Ray J and Bobby Valentino versus Sammy and Pleasure P. Whoa, Sammy. Sammy, yeah. From Bro. Kiss Me Through the Phone. Yeah. Kiss Me Through the Phone. Yeah. No, that song used to go out when I was a child. Really? He, nah, hold up. Now, hold up now. Sammy was out singing all three of those niggas. Okay. Yeah, that happened. But then you think about who's in the. Who's who's the who's three niggas? The, I'm about to say, yeah, it's not the main dude from Pretty Ricky. <laughs> it wouldn't be that little. The five Wait. in the morning. It wasn't That's him. him. That's Pleasure Ooh. P, bro. That's Pleasure P? Yes, bro. He got big. Oh, sex with you, him? That's yes, him bro. up That's on the him. stage. Yeah, bro. No way. He That's outsung him? him? Yes, sir. Oh, yes, man. Sir. <laughs> I don't know what happened to their voices, bro. When I say- Niggas smoking do man. Talk about making love. Like, them Jones used mm-hmm. to go cr- on top. Mm-hmm. It's going down. Yes, like, he used yeah, to be yeah, singing, yeah. bro. Niggas don't talk about it, but- uh. Pretty Ricky got some motherfucking joints. Heat. Bro. Heat. Pretty like Ricky, heat Ricky, Ricky. Rockers, like, <laughs> pretty Ricky. Not even going to hold you. Like, Pretty Ricky got some bangers. Like, that first album, 
on spot. On production, fire, production versus quotables, the vibes of the songs. Yeah, he did. Uh, <laughs> like coming out the water and shit. Maybe grind on yeah. me. That was like, the one, can't. bro. So, that was the one. That was like, the one, yo, yo. That was bro, the one, yo. Oh, my God. The, the dude, let me get in your thigh. Yeah. <laughs> let me give it your thigh. Pretty, 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 pretty. Bro, so, listen, I, that group wasn't supposed to work. So, remember it was cribs? immaculate. Remember the oh, Cribs yeah, episode? Yeah, yeah. I remember that shit, bro. We no, break nobody bricks. houses was real. Why your, bread, why your bed on bricks? Why the bricks broke? Why the bricks broke it? We break the bricks. Oh, shit. <laughs> they going crazy. Yeah. All they doing is fucking <laughs> and getting crazy in that joke, bro. It was, <laughs> we break the bricks. That was my favorite yeah. quote. <laughs> God damn! Yeah, man, I'm tickled by that, man. That was a that was a, a good a good Wait, four and a half hours. You was tickled. You was tickled by hey, it. Yo, huh? Chill, man. Pause, man. Pause, this man, pause, think man. he a president? I was tickled listen, by that. Man. Listen, man. This man I'm on came my white with the Obama. Listen, <laughs> exactly. I got, my, I got my professional voice on because we're supposed to be interviewing somebody today, man. They said I was tickled by that. It was, <laughs> it was quite a humorous experience. I like it. Was, that. That was it was humorous, man. It was it comical. Was yeah, yeah, comical. Yeah. I exactly. enjoyed that. <laughs> That's the type of laugh you got when you say you get tickled. No, 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 for real. I got that. I got that white, jolly uh, Santa Clausian laugh, bro. Niggas in my job be like, "Your laugh is so infectious." I'm like, oh. I've been told that many times. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, welcome back to the Verified Podcast, hosted by Brandon and Kiego. Man, this is season two, episode forty-one. Welcome back, man. Hopefully, you guys are having a, a decent week. I know that um, last week uh, some news came out about the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe versus. Wait, um, I had to process that with a team of mostly women when the news came out. And I'm just trying to like, you know, trying to relate and, you know, show some uh, of course. some empathy. But how could I possibly meet them on their level? You know what I'm saying? Like, that is a crazy decision that the Supreme Court has just made. Um, just think about this. Like, if a woman is experiencing a troubling pregnancy that could ultimately mean that she'll lose her life it's now illegal for her to get an abortion. The problem is, I don't understand the country's, uh, the country's emphasis on valuing these lives, the lives of these unborn children, when they, they don't show a genuine, um, a genuine support of these kids when they're finally here, you know, when they're finally born and they go to school and they get shot at school. Or when, you know, the mom shot to go to the store to buy infamil and there's no infamil in the shelves, bro. Right. How are people supposed to take care of these kids if they're not growing up in an environment that's nurturing. Like I should be able to send my child to school. That's a bare minimum. <laughs> it's ridiculous, bro. When you think about it, it's facts. You're right. It's sad too, bro. 100%. Where was you at when uh, when that when that news finally came out? It was like what three o'clock yesterday, twelve. I'm coming back from the gym. You yeah, know what I'm you got to uh, learn on your phone. No, nah, my grandma would call me and all that. And I was oh, like, for oh, real? Damn. I mean, I don't. I was, yeah, she she called me to talk about it. and I'm like, okay, Biden can. She be like, well, it's Trump and Trump this and Trump that and the Republicans this, Republicans that, and I'm like. Mm. whole time, Biden can make an executive order, bro. He could, yeah. Easily just kind of being like, nah, y'all can kill all that. That's just <laughs> what's about to happen. But he not. He not. So she was like, well, Biden's hands is tied to the done. And I tried to explain what an executive order was. And she kind of rushed me off the phone because, you know, that's what CNN do. So yeah, like, CNN, MSNBC, very biased news networks, man. Yeah. So, so, so I'm like, Yo, all right, bro. <laughs> Power to you. You know what I'm saying? I can't. I can't um, call it champ, but you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. How so, does she feel about it? Because I know that she was around when they actually did the, the initial. <laughs> uh, yeah. She was just saying it was messed up and how um, crazy it is. And in my mind, I was thinking like I saw the map of like the places that don't allow you to have abortions no more or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's mostly red southern. states anyway. Yeah. Not southern. It's like Midwest, you know, upper, upper, um, northwest. 
like all the red states, basically, you know, mm-hmm. southern states, mid, they like bread, the Bible Belt, the corn, the corn uh, basket, whatever it's called. And uh-huh. um, those places. Wait, is this, places. There's a spot of the country called the corn basket? The bread basket of America, like where they grow oh, the corn bread and basket. shit. The bread basket, my bad, not corn. Okay. Right? But the Bible Belt and then the, the bread basket of America and stuff like that, where they grow the mm-hmm. wheat. And mostly those places, places that are ex- extreme, you know, extremely Republican anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and they believe in that stuff, you know what I mean? Like they you shouldn't be getting abortions, women shouldn't be do to do. So it's like if they got backwards way of thinking and it's not progressive, what do we expect to happen? And uh, you know, the way that the political spectrum is being played out right now, bro. It's just a game, it's all game theory and politics, bro. You know, this is bound to happen. Like the bill passed because don't the Republicans have the majority, right? Right now, yeah, yeah. And it's like Biden isn't helping us with by falling on bicycles, bro. You know what I'm saying? Biden or Kamala Harris. Yeah, or you know, the missing woman. You know, where in the world Kamala, my bad. Kamala San Diego. You know what I'm saying? That's her name. Because she missing. <laughs> we don't know where, the, where in the world is Kamala San Diego. Where she, she at? in the fucking wind, bro. She yeah. doing what the fuck she wanna do, man. She, mad, she Jeff Hardy, whispering the wind, bro. She she gone. <laughs> it's a twist of fate, all right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, for real. the way this played out. Like she thought she's gonna be doing something. <laughs> Jokes on you, sis. <laughs> man, women all over the country are just got betrayed man like we finally have a woman vice president and then roe versus wade gets overturned that's fire two years in her term fire legendary that's bro that's what's up with these stuff. niggas bro you know what people are saying they're saying that this is all um part of a, a scheme to increase the birth weight of the birth rate of white people or white <laughs> white children because apparently white children or white people are becoming the minority in the country okay I believe so it. like, hey, man, we got to stop white women from having abortions. So no abortions nowhere. Think about that. Uh, uh, so that's a lot, bro. You think that's full of shit? You think that's far fetched? I don't think that's far fetched at all. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I think it might be because, you know, it is a thing where, you know, they becoming a minority versus the majority. Right. Mm-hmm. So with that goes the idea of like, you know, how are we going to increase our birth weight? Well, we're going to make sure these people got to give birth to these kids. So the, the only downside is it leads to a whole bunch of kids and foster kids. That, oh my of, God, let's talk about it. A whole bunch of bastard kids that, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. People not going to be sticking around for that. Nobody want that type no. of, all right, y'all want to make me have this baby back. I'm going to have a baby, then put it up for adults, let the government take care of it. Exactly. Then the kid going to grow up, be all bugged out. You know what I'm Thank saying? You. That's, and possibly destitute. No, you mm-hmm. know, God willing, you know, you hope not, but that tends to be how it goes when you're in the foster care system. It becomes very much a part of your personality and how you look at the world. Mm-hmm. You know, so and the government can't take care of these kids, bro. They had them little Mexican kids in cages. Like, you yes, know what talk about it. Yeah, we I mean, know. I, I used to work in. I actually used to work in a program that worked with foster kids, bro. Mm-hmm. They be they be going through Wilding. it, G. Wilding, yeah, bro. they be going through it, champ. Like on mother, mm-hmm. they be really, they really be going through it. It's a it's a hard, hard, like emotionally damaging situation that they in, man. Yeah, being able to give be picked like you think somebody gonna get you, and then when you can age out of being picked up and adopted. You know what I'm saying? Like not aged out, but. Like yeah, you can still be adopted, but like, like you ain't a little kid. Yeah. yeah. You man, you 13, bro. I'm not adopting you, nigga. The fuck? You better wait. Now you now you know you gotta wait five years. It's like you know, wanting to go to the NBA draft. Mm-hmm. You gotta go when you're young and healthy. Nobody wants no washed out, juiced out after college kid. You know what I'm saying? You man, you gotta you're not in elementary school, you about to be in middle school. Fuck that. You got yeah. your own personality and you still exactly. fuck out of here. I can't, bro. I can't change you. I can't change you. You a fucking criminal. I can see yeah. it. You smell you mm-hmm. smoke Reggie. I can smell it on you right now. You got K2 <laughs> in your pockets. Like you got exactly. that Reggie pack on you, champ. I, I yeah. can tell. Hey, mm-hmm. you over here, you bigger than me. Fuck out. Especially if you're a giant Negro. Oh, yeah, uh, it's done. It's done. It's done, though. It's done. All right, yeah, Optimus Primal. Get the fuck up out of here. You look like nigga all Beast Wars. No, nah, I'm not adopting you. You think it's the blind side <laughs> in real life. No, sir. Sandy nah, Bullock is not coming to save you, man. 
Ain't no yeah. man bingo movies. None of that's happening. You not getting picked up, champ. No rich, well-to-do family going to pick you up. Yeah, man. That's what so I, it's down bad, bro. I was having this conversation with my girl. And we were saying the same thing. Like, ultimately, this is going to lead to one, as you mentioned, an increase in an increase in foster care um, or children admitted into foster care. Um, it's going to lead to a lot of people getting um, back back alley abortions, which will lead mm-hmm. to death. Um, we're going to see a lot of folks putting babies in trash cans again. We're going to see people get rid of kids in the foulest ways. There's going to be some wild shit going on, bro. You're not going to force people to have kids at the end of the day. You can't do it. Yeah. Let's talk about these orphans, bro. These tech savvy juveniles. <laughs> I know we made that a, a, the name of one of our episodes like a couple episodes back. But that's <laughs> what's going to happen, bro. Yeah. These motherfucking kids are going to grow up and become supervillains, bro. And they can be smart as fuck. We're going to have a whole generation of pro-life fucked up individuals, bro. That's what's going to happen, bro. Not only to go be evil with like terrible personalities. And fucked up moral compasses, but they're gonna be tech savvy as shit. Yeah. What is that, Marie? Supervillains. We're gonna be fucked up, bro. This says, world is, this is destined crazy. for failure, bro. I'm telling man, you, bro. That's that's not super villains. It's gonna be crazy, bro. Speaking of super villains, man, are you watching uh, the boys? Of course. You know, I read I read the shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, of yeah. Course, brother. Of that James Fire. The best show. Is like that. Best best show on television. Best How's Jensen Ackles doing? How's Jensen Ackles doing? He holding down legendary. Yeah. Legendary. The boy transition from supernatural. Yeah. Perfect casting. I like perfect it. casting. He playing like Dean. It, he playing Dean Winchester still, but like you mm. seen you seen Supernatural, right? Yeah. That's my he marker Kane. He marker Kane Dean. Oh, that's fire. Like that's he that. Him. Like that evil. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. That smoldering evil. Killing yeah, like everything, that. bro. He's yeah. he's with it. He's got the beard. He look fire, bro. Yeah, fire. I seen I seen the stills. I'm like, I ain't watched it yet because I canceled my my uh, prime subscription. So I'm pretty behind, but from what I've heard, the streets are telling this shit is heat. I'm like, what? The streets are calling my name. Oh, for real? You don't got prime? You want my prime? Yeah, I'll take it. I bet. Yeah, drop that off, bro. I got it. <laughs> I'm going to finish Mad Men. I got like yeah. one episode left for my third bet. rewatch. Yeah. I bet. Yeah, yeah. 100%. After <laughs> the bet. joint, text me around me, bro. All right. Say less. Say less. Um, yeah, bro. Like that joint is fire, bro. The acting is fantastic. They move the story around a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's fire, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm like presently, presently, I'm pleasantly oh, surprised. He's here. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let me uh, let me let him in. We gotta introduce our guest. Yo, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. Sorry, I'm late. I was just taking care of a couple things. No, you good, man. You good, man. Hey, uh, we already started the episode, so I'm gonna just introduce you to the listeners, man. Yeah. So we are joined by uh, Zim, formerly known as King Zim, man. Special guest in the building today. Very happy to have this man on the show. Let's give you a round of applause. <laughs> yo, man, yo. Ever since we sat down with your brother, Pianchi, man, he's been telling us, like, he told us, like, your music was fire. He played Run For Us. Um, and I went back and listened to Stalker, and I was like, oh, nah, this is fire. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Oh, this heat, bro. <laughs> So I'm actually excited <laughs> to have you on the show for real. Um, and I started reading a little bit about you. I found a lot of interesting things I want to dive into. So um, if you're okay with that, we can uh, actually play a little bit of Parachute, uh, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. I bet. So this is Parachutes. Uh, it comes out on the first or it should be out right now since this is going to drop on the 4th of July. Uh, so it's on your phones today. Uh, let's play a little bit for the people right now. <laughs>
and cheap Think you charge me by the hour Keep racing your feet Got me running like a cow Being chasing your dreams I listened to this song before um, Before I played it on the episode um, We're going to get into it a little bit Because um, I heard a guitar solo I know you played a guitar So I'm like curious if that was you or not No, I... <laughs> That's actually not me. Um, that's 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 my 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 brother, my best friend, uh, my boy Ishmael, my my co-producer. He helps okay. me with the videos. He helps me with the, the production. Mm-hmm. And uh, but but the but the thing about that solo is, I told him a story. Whenever we work together, uh, especially if he's got a guitar solo, I explain everything in a cinematic way. So mm-hmm. it was just like what I want is is is. Well, when you hear the solo, you'll, you'll, you'll hear what I'm talking about. But I described to him exactly what I wanted him to express in order. And he told a great story with the guitar. And uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really excited for everybody to hear. Ish, Ish Music is how, is how you'll find him. He's a great producer and a uh, great musician as well. How you spell it? Underscore Ish Music, I-S-H Music, and then another underscore. I bet. So uh, Parachute yeah. is going to be the third single off the upcoming EP, uh, Memento Mori, right? Yeah. Fire. You know, memento mori is is a it's a phrase that I I came across that is is, is remembering our death, remembering that we must die. Mm-hmm. And you know, the pandemic was just kind of like that smack in the face, which is like your business could die because because mm-hmm. of a government regulation. The government could decide to shut your whole industry down. Mm-hmm. You could die. You know what I mean? You could hit by a bus, and it sort of it sort of put me face to face with. Not only my own mortality, but the mortality of my career and the mortality of just the, of our way of life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Life as we know it. And I, I at that point, I was just like, you know, at that point, my career was over. You know, when like when 2020 hit, like, you know, about six months in, it was just like, I can't really gig. I can't really. I felt like. If there was any time for a rebirth, now was that time. Yeah. So I started my career over again i changed my name i took my old music down and i felt like okay we're just gonna shoot out the gates as a brand new as a brand new thing and so i i decided instead of trying to make music to cater to you know uh maybe the college crowd or like whatever crowds i felt was giving me support i thought you know if all of this could be over in a flash you know i mean if i could get an email tomorrow that, that every festival in the world is canceled let me just get in there and make the music that I would make if I knew that, that, that this was it, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That this was, that this was my last go around. So I, I got in the studio and I, and I, and I made the music that, that I felt like, that I felt like I wasn't filtering it through, you know, is, is this going to be commercial? And I was just thinking like, I gotta get, I gotta get something out that I feel is really impactful. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the inspiration behind the name and behind me putting that together. And, and you know, I, I had a lot of, I had a lot of, personal turmoil yeah. to go along and, and joy you know what i mean and joy that i talk about in, in my music but to go along with what was going out going on in the outside world i had a lot of personal struggles that come out in the music but then uh, as you as as you'll hear uh, you know as as the as the ep rolls out because i'm kind of dropping one single at a time mm-hmm. out of those dark moments came you know enlightenment you know what i mean okay. enjoy fun you know and a new and a new a new um a new appreciation for life. Yeah. Okay. Now I read somewhere that this is supposed to come out in April. So yeah. I was good with it, man. Where is that? You know, that's crazy. I, got, I, got, I actually had to edit that because okay. I was working with a manager that put me with a publicist that wrote this whole rollout plan for me. Okay. Damn. 
and we were gonna we were gonna release the rest of the EP in April because we dropped the first single in February. Right. Well, me and the publicist and the manager are no longer working together. Okay. Oh, so I decided to do it my way. You okay. know what I mean? And okay. I and I felt like at this point, giving out a whole EP would not be as impactful as giving each song its moment. Right. Mm. So that's the strategy I'm using now. So yeah, I had to, <laughs> I had to get, I had to change on my Spotify that that uh, like that it, it was yeah. coming because it was all planned for me, mm-hmm. and I felt like no, I'm 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 going to use my own plan. That's smart too, like because with my brother and I, we also do the we do music as well, and it's like that's way stronger when it comes to wanting to put your music out. It lets people you get to know what strong like song is your strongest song by doing that. You know what I'm saying? Actually, and it yeah. naturally selects your single for you. Plus, it let people give time for people to grow on your music. You know what I'm saying? You can put vi- videos out, really push the individual songs to build a buzz. Could you just put an EP out yeah. and then what? You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah, it, it's it, all, it won't have the same all, thing. Yeah, it's all strategy. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm old school. I'm from the era where you got real excited and you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of dating my stuff right now, but we would go to a store and buy a CD and rip the plastic off and pop it in the car or pop Facts. it in the, you know what I mean? Pop yeah. it in, listen to the whole thing in one sitting. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I come from that. So I still appreciate creating a great body of work. So the body of work that I'm releasing, it's all cohesive. Right. I still appreciate that. But in today's society, it's just like, you know, we don't use horses and buggies no more. <laughs> Damn. You know what I'm saying? Today's society, <laughs> you, give, you give them a little something, you give them a little something else, you give them right. a little something else so yeah. that, you know, your playlist. They see your thing Facts. and then they see other things and then it's right back to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Smart. I was going to say, I play, uh, I play smart, you know? Yeah. Like to build on Kiego's point about letting a single like build over time. I saw that Run has like over 200,000 plays on Spotify. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah. what is it like to see that success? You mm-hmm. know what? It's a, it's a, uh, I almost, I almost said something real, real vulgar, but it's, over the years to make to make great music mm. i feel like this was the song that i feel like was the perfect one to sort of break the mold mm-hmm. and i also i also hired a marketing company to really do it like a professional because professionals aren't just putting their music out there and leaving it up to chance unless right. you're beyonce you know what i mean you're not just gonna put your music up there and, and leave it up to chance there's a there's a coordinated marketing effort Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I had a cat that I went to school with, I went, that I went to Howard University with. And that nice. was one of the best things about going to Howard is just the network that that uh, that came from that. So talk about I, it, man. I, talk about a king. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I hired him and he, and he immediately I'm getting all of these influencers dancing to my song and I'm posting up their own stuff. And immediately I'm seeing all this traffic coming in and. And and I'm I, you know I, I made it to like over 400 playlists and mm-hmm. you know like he he really did a lot of the work to to do the promotion so I could focus on art you know what I mean so yeah I mean don't be cheap if you want if you want to push through the it's forty thousand maybe I think up to sixty thousand songs uploaded to Spotify every day yeah mm-hmm. if you, if you want to cut through the noise you either have to have unlimited hours to just <laughs> damn it or you gotta have a budget and right. I put my money towards a professional, a marketing professional. And, and he really helped me, you know, get, get past the noise. And it's crazy because the campaign is over. We did a 90 day campaign to, to, yeah. to get that. But now that the campaign is over, it's still it's still moving off of the momentum of, of, mm-hmm. of, of actually penetrating into the market. So I'm really excited. I'm, 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 I'm going to use him again for, the, for this next drop. 
I'm really excited to see if we can double or triple what we did last time. You right. know what I mean? That's right. He secured his bag, man. Put that money up. And then he was like, wait, I could do my job. You like, man, you got damn right. You can do your job. I'm going to give you some more money. So you better get it together. <laughs> Listen, man, you got to understand, yeah, bro. Yeah, I'm, I'm, real, I'm real proud of all of that. I'm real proud of what, we, what we accomplished, yeah. you know? You know, um, Zim and I come from the Mecca. Um, H-U? You got to understand, H-U? bro. You got to understand. Listen, bro. It's different over there, bro. It's different over there. I see your face, Diego. You understand, bro. <laughs> you understand, bro. <laughs> it's fine, bro. It's a Howard thing. It's fine. Howard, man. I have fun. It's I fine, had a little bro. too. I had too much fun. I had to take a summer. I had to take a summer class. Uh-huh. I had to take. I think it, was, it might have just been one class that I had to take summer school to graduate in Spanish. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Spanish had me. F- I was about to fail out of Howard because of Spanish. I swear to God. Yo, I had to beg somebody in during office. I was like, please, please, please give me a D so, so I can pass. Pause. I, I took I took <laughs> Spanish one my freshman year, and then I kept pushing it off because I wanted yeah. to take guitar classes and I mm. wanted to do all this wild shit, and I was working the whole time. So I kept pushing off Spanish because I was just like, it's not required oh, for anything else. Mm. So I was like, I could take this absolute, I could take this last. By the time I took Spanish two, I didn't remember shit. Yo, <laughs> that's the same shit that happened to me, bro. <laughs> oh my god, yo, I was failing I, everything, I, man. Well, fortunately, my teacher had a crush on me, so she was like, you know, she was. I, I tried to hand in my test. She was like, mm-mm. She was like, now, nah, now, nah, sit back down, try that again. Hey, goddamn, yo, what was her name, yo? <laughs> don't put her out there. He just said, "Lady, we was growing up." Oh man. I would wear. I, I would come to her class with uh, free baller with, with with basketball shorts oh, and a no, little he was white. Trying to pass, yeah, yeah. What yeah. the fuck? You trying to pass? This man said free baller with a pink top on. This <laughs> man is bugging. <laughs> He's bugging. Apple, yo. Yeah, that's crazy, yo. I was in the room, man. This man was courting the teacher over here, man. He was over here. Like, it has to be like that sometimes. You gotta, you gotta understand, bro. Spanish two is a motherfucker. Balling, you know what I mean? <laughs> man, free ball, that's crazy. I'm free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, so um, back to the project. Um, from what I've heard so far, it's, it's been a lot of a lot of darkness in these songs. Um, so I want to ask: Was it a painful process to pull from these real world experiences to create this body of work? It was. Um, mm-hmm. I I like I said, it was like I wasn't making safe music anymore. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I was I was I was making a pretty good living doing college gigs, and I was trying to play it safe because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I want to make something like for the not just for like for the college crowd because they like whatever, but it's like for the administ- administrators and stuff. You know, I wanted mm-hmm. to make safe music that I could come to a campus and be like, hey, everybody, you know what I mean? But I tapped into parts of myself that I wasn't comfortable sharing before, mm-hmm. and now the next single after Parachute, not to skip over because Parachute is a wonderful song. It's a lot of it's a lot of people's favorite song off the whole project. People who heard it, mm-hmm. it's actually most people's favorite song. But the, the single I dropped after that is a very happy one. So you know mm-hmm. what I mean. And I, and I, I'll give you guys a preview after the show. Nice. But um, but yeah, Parach- "Parachute" is the darkest song that I've probably ever written. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not, it's not a sad story with a sad ending. I just feel like I had to talk about things that were that were very troubling. Mm. Um, and it's it's basically about <clears throat> you know the meta, it's called parachuting. The metaphor is like I'm jumping out of a plane now. I feel safe in the plane, but the plane is headed towards the side of a mountain, and I know that if I stay on a plane, I'm gonna die. Mm. 
So if, if anyone can relay, if they've ever been in a situation where they've gotten comfortable in a situation that they know is going to kill them. Mm-hmm. So they have to get uncomfortable and jump out of the plane. Right. And that's the thing we'll talk about. That first leap is more scary than staying on the plane and dying. Mm-hmm. But if you want to live, you got to get your ass on the plane. You got to get your ass yeah. off the plane. Off plane, yeah. So I think I need a parachute is kind of like, yo, I'm taking this leap of faith. And if I could just cushion my fall, I'm going to be okay. Mm. And, the, and, the, and the metaphor goes a layer deeper. Like I'm on a plane, like I'm on this high, like I'm on this artificial high. This thing gives me comfort and makes me feel good, but it's an artificial high. If I can get down to the ground, I can get high like a tree mm. and be grounded. You know what I mean? Because a tree's roots extend as far deep as it goes up. Mm. And it goes as far wide as it goes up. So when you're grounded, you can get high without the danger of falling. You know what I mean? Mm. So I had, to, I had to find a safe way to the ground so that I could get high in a way that was sustainable. And whether that high be a relationship that makes you feel good but takes something from you, or whether it be a job that might pay you good but just take your soul and take so much of your time that you can't even enjoy the money that you're making so any kind of relationship that you get in that you feel is is slowly taking more and more and giving less and less Mm -hmm. you can relate to parachute and so yeah Mm -hmm. i i I put i put up some pretty vulnerable emotions on that one that's Mm -hmm. fine i like that man yeah that's why that song was talking to me because i'm not gonna hold you like I'm in the same situation right now <laughs> with a lot in my life. Um, and, uh, <laughs> we are real quick, the, um, you listen to metal music too, like metal. Um, I'm not super familiar with metal, but I do like I do like some metal music. I, I was just yeah. asking because um, it's a band called Lamb of God. They got a song called Momentum Mori, like your album, like your EP name. So that's why I was asking if you knew, like, if you heard of Lamb of God because they. I noticed that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And, and you know, it's kind of, I came up with the name, and I noticed that that was a, that that was a moment, uh, that was a song by Lamb of God, and then the weekend who a lot of people compare me to has a playlist called Momentum Mori. So I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, I might even, I might even change it because like I said, I'm dropping singles, but like Momentum Mori just captured the feeling that I was feeling. Yeah. So I was scrolling on Instagram and someone put that as a caption, Momentum Mori. I was like, what's that mean? And, and then I read the caption. It was like, you know, we must die. We got to live life to the fullest. And I was like, right. The name is fine. Yeah. Keep, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's still keep it. You know? yeah. It's yours. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think that we could have forgiven. We're going to do a song together. Yeah, <laughs> and there yeah. you go. Speaking yeah, to existence, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so how, how long did you go by your first name, King Zim? King Zim was my AIM screen name. Mm, I'm taking okay. it way back. I'm dating. That's, yeah. I'm about to say, yeah, he's wild. <laughs> I was a young bull, and I was always Zim because my last name was Zimmerman, no relation. Yeah. Um, and so I was always Zim, and then I was like, I'm King Zim. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And now I, I was like, I was like a little middle school rap battling type nigga, and and you know I carried it all through high school, I carried it all through college, and I was proud of that name, but I just felt like it just felt. It just felt kind of dated to me. After a certain point, I was just like, you know, I can be a king and other people who feel like I'm a king can say that for me. Right. But I don't have to make it as part of my name. Like, hey, everybody address me as king. Like, I, I got my own I got my own kingdom and, and, and I acknowledge myself. Right. You know what I mean? I don't need everybody else. You know what I mean? I don't need everybody else to say it for me. So I felt like I had to drop the king. I was like, I'm 
I'll do my own king. I don't, you know, what I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't have to claim it in that in that way. Right. Um. But I, I kept Zim. Mm. I kept Zim because that's just, you know, that's always been a, a a name that I was proud of. But I spelled it with the X triple I. Now this is a whole thing, right? This is a yeah, whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Write that down. I was gonna say I read about that. One day, yeah. one day I was really stoked. Um, and <laughs> I started, I started going through the numbers. And one day when I have time, I'll go through each one, how all the Arabic numbers are symbolic. Mm. And if you look at each one, they all have patterns to them. Yeah. One, zero, two, with a curve on the top and a line on the bottom. Three, with two curves. Four, which is like boxes, like, mm. like, a, you know, like a square. Four is like two boxes. You know what I mean? Five is like half of 10. If you look at the number, if you put two fives together, you, you get 10 on both sides. So it's like, I was going through each number. I was like, holy shit, each one of these numbers means something. And they represent how these numbers function in the world. Like I said, like, like, like four is with boxes, you know what I mean? And then I started thinking like, okay, where do I fall here? Right? And so I started thinking about the pyramids. You feel me? Like my name, my first name, Kafi, is the name of the pharaoh who built one of the biggest pyramids. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, 12 is like four times three, mm-hmm. right? You get the triangle, right? And then you got the square. It's, a, it's four triangles. It's a triangle on top of a square, mm-hmm. right? It's four triangles on top of a square. So you get three times four. Three is a sacred number. Three blind mice, three wise men, three kings. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Three is a sacred number. Three is the number of ascension. You got the base, and you got it, the base is going up. Then you got four. That's a square. You know how you say, like, somebody's a square? Like, they mm. just, you know, like, if they work in an office and they're just sort of like a yeah. cog in the machine. Yeah. But you need squares to build something. Yeah. If you want to build something, you got to have a flat top and a flat bottom and flat sides so you can fit these things together. Mm-hmm. So you need squares. So a pyramid is a combination of squares mm-hmm. and ascension. Mm. Right? And so it's built off of squares. Now, here's the thing about a pyramid, right? You know how like they got pyramid schemes, right? It's one person at the top and it gets wider and wider and wider. And then you got the base. You got the sort of the people that's on the bottom, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Now what's on, on the back of the dollar bill, you got an eye on the top of the pyramid, right? Right. What's that eye represent? The eye right, is right. separated yeah. from the rest of the pyramid. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it, it is the top. It's that top triangle, but it's also separated because it's, of a higher system and of a lower system. It's of the system of the pyramid, but it's on a system above the pyramid. So that eye in masonry represents a wisdom and a knowledge and a, and a figurehead that is in the system, but also above the system. And who does that remind you of? The Matrix. Jesus Christ. Oh. <laughs> I could say Jesus Christ says he is in the world, but not of the world. Uh-huh. And so it's all, and I'm not, I'm not a religious person. I just feel like the symbolism is that like true divinity is man and God, not mm. just God, not just man. And so I was just blown away by this number 13, mm. 12 disciples plus one Messiah. You feel me? So it's, it's like that, that odd on the top of the pyramid, that, that thing that is in both systems was just so, it was so inspiring to me. Mm-hmm. And then, and I was like, okay, 13, but I still wanted to be Zim. So when you throw the M on it, the M stands for a thousand. You put a line over the N, it stands for a million. So it's like this divinity multiplied. 
And again, I'm not a religious person, but I studied all of this shit. I studied all the world religions. And Jesus said one of his commandments was go and do likewise. So he's doing miracles. He's doing incredible things. And he said, you go and do that, too, and multiply everything that I'm creating. Mm. And so that was so inspiring to me that it's like, I would never say that I'm the Messiah, Jesus Christ. That's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is that, is that, is that the divinity in me has been multiplied from someone else, and I can take it and multiply it by myself, and someone else can take it and multiply it for the people that they love. Right. And so them, to me, is just, is just this divine concept. So, yeah, as you can tell, the weed was on point that day. <laughs> I, uh, I don't remember what strain it was, but it had me iron and giraffe nuts. So, you know, that's how I came up with that shit. So you're talking about some, some big love starting a cult. Okay, I get you, man. He's like, this is just yeah. a springboard. So you're going to yeah. start yeah. dropping the music in a single, get you a fan base. Next thing you yeah. know, people getting tattoos, the eyes and pyramids, X, hey, yo, I, I, I on them with the M, with the line. You know, yeah. it's a sex call. Boom. Everybody going to be riding like a sword yeah, yeah. for, you know what I'm saying? They're going to they, they need a parachute for real. You know what I'm saying? They gonna, ain't going to be no plane because you're going to have your own island. Everybody stuck on the island with you. No, Only way no. off, they got to jump off with the parachute. But ain't going to be no parachutes. Talk about That's right. You're talking That's like, right. You're talking like you Jerry Leto or something, bro. That's, That's right, Jerry man. Jerry Leto, dude, actually. We nah, what's that? Yeah, Jerry Leto's a sick nigga, bro. What's the Flash? That dude, Ezra Miller. He gonna be on some Ezra Miller stuff, man. You nah, know what I'm saying? Like menace, bro. That nigga's a motherfucking trouble, menace. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to push a single, man. You over here talking about... <laughs> Listen, man. I, I, no, and I'm totally sober right now. I just, you know, you got me on a tangent and I just I just yeah. started flowing, you know? I get you, man. Hey, he said, I'm not, he said I want to compare myself to the Messiah. He, he, It was a real pregnant pause in that. It was a yet. You know what I'm saying? He's like, wait, wait, watch when I get my powers. Watch when I get my power, my musical power. They ain't gonna know what's going on. Over, yeah, That's right. You're gonna be a musical being, a musical Tommy. entity. <laughs> Hey, y'all man. seen y'all seen Doctor Strange? Yeah. yeah. So spoiler alert, in case anybody listening who hasn't seen Doctor Strange, These when he pulled up physical it was fire. That shit was amazing. I was not, I was not ready for that, man. It was amazing. I was gonna think of like, yo, what is happening right now? My girl was like, are they fighting <laughs> the music? I was like, yeah, bro, this is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> how you gonna be? Hey, man. Oh, like, I wanted to look at the comics and just see. Like, is yeah. this, does this come from, like, I wanted to see if that, if, like, where they came up with that. Honestly, Sam Raimi's just a genius, bro. He probably just thought of that shit. Honestly, for real. Did he? I was, I was, I was amazed, man. That movie was on point, man. It was. It was. It was. But it was yeah, fun. um, I was gonna say, I've, uh, I read that you're a product of a musically, a musically inclined family. Uh, your mother, your father, and your yeah. uncle are all musically yeah. gifted. Um, so yeah. I'm curious, like, what does a household like that sound like? Is there often, like, a lot of folks singing? Um, coming up with like melodies yeah. and whatnot in different rooms of the house. Like, what does that sound like for you? Or what did Absolutely. That sound like? and, my, and my brother's pretty musical too. He never, like, I never really pursued martial arts and he never really pursued music. Mm-hmm. But he always had rhythm. He was a break dancer. Yep. And um, yeah, like just growing up, my mom was always singing to us and, you know, singing on her own and always had music in the house. And, you know, my dad, he's a composer and, you know, producing his own music. My uncle was producing, always had rappers coming in coming in and out of the house. So, yeah, you never know what you might hear that might inspire you. You know what I mean? And it, it was just so normal for me. I recorded my first, I recorded my first like little mixtape when I was like 14 up in my uncle's studio. Mm. You know what I mean? So if, if it, everything, it, it was just very normal for me to, to get into the music at a high level, you know? Okay. So you, you, you was into battle rap, man. So you, you yeah. still watch battle rap now? 
I still watch battle rap. Yeah, I haven't I haven't battled in a long. I haven't battled probably since like college. Um, because I just you know I just be making music. I don't really be like in the battle scene like that. But I got so much respect for people who who do that. Who really who really like dedicate their lives to that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And unfortunately, there's usually not a lot of overlap. Like people that are making music mm-hmm. and people that are battling. And when I say music, I mean like they really making hits. Making song, it's like, yeah. Yeah. unfortunately, there's not a there's, there's not a lot of overlap. I feel like the cats that are really concentrating on battle rap, I look for the for their music, and I'm not really seeing a whole lot. Um, mm-hmm. But like I said, I got so much respect for the ones that really. I see something that almost made me cry. I don't know if y'all if y'all remember, and this was a long time ago. But yeah. when Disaster Battle Cannabis, yeah, yeah, I'm sad. Because I grew up listening to cannabis. cannabis. Like, that yes. was like, one of my inspirations. He was not in the battle culture. Mm. Yeah, but, but he was not in the battle culture. He was in the, I'm a battle rapper, battle rapper on, on beats. On, on rap, beats yeah, to yeah. Elokuja, yeah. You know what I'm saying? He was on that, I, I'm talking about battle. Oh, God damn. Oh, she fell? He was on that. This <laughs> 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 man. I know that. He was I know on that. that. It was a, a, a fly, a shooting star. Um, <laughs> a shooting star is crazy. Yeah, blue, a blue one. Uh, all, uh-huh. all in blue, you know. But um, yeah. she gonna see this. She gonna see this one. She, yeah, I was wearing blue that day. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> hey, he, he, he was like my hero because he was like, I'm batting you on the net. I'm batting you for respect. Battle, 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 battle on records. You know what I mean? He was untouchable but then he walked into the lion's den mm-hmm. but catch that battle for the dinner you know what i'm saying they ain't battling on no record for no for no fucking rock cliff song you know what i'm saying they was right. battling for like for, for real respect right and and the way disaster ate him up i was like oh. <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh Shit, man. All right, listen, man. I, I can't, I can't have you disrespect my man Cannabis. Like, yeah, what listen, happened to your guy, bro? Some, 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 so, Cannabis came in with a whole cast on, bro. Something happened before the battle, bro. Like he broke his arm or something, and he also yeah, had a, man, like a, a legal notepad, bro. That was yeah. crazy. Nobody ever seen. He came with a legal notepad. I got a thousand pages of rhymes in this motherfucker. He was wilding, bro. Like, bro. So yeah, yeah disaster did eat him up because it was almost like a passing of the torch, though. You know what I'm saying? Like from and, that's, people- and that's the thing. He he paid respect. He, he was like, you know, I'm here because of you, but like it's time it's the torch is mine now. So you yeah, know. I mean that's got ate up by, by Danny Myers, though. You gotta see that. Yeah, you yeah. wanna see you, you, you did yeah. I did I did that see was that. Crazy. I did. Danny Myers got him got a get back and then daylight got Tay Rock. It's some it's some crazy stuff going on with words over there, man. I know you like it's you, a, it's, like I said that the, the culture is is it's hard and that's why I don't consider myself better because it's been a long time and it's like I never stepped in the ring with cats of that level. Mm. I would like to do a song with them if they if they ain't gonna be you know talking about my mama. You know? Oh no, they won't. <laughs> hey, so they speaking music. of that, they got mad people make like daylight make music, Tay yeah. Rock make music, Arsenal make music. Yeah. They make solid records now. Like a lot of them could actually like rap rap a little bit. So it's like, oh, yeah. that's tight because you got daylight. He with TDE and um, you know, Arsenal been doing his thing. You got a, a whole shoddy horror was doing his thing over in the UK. It's a lot of them. They starting to transition over. You know what I mean? To help like yeah. even or ghostwrite yeah. for people. You know, so yeah, it's that's like some some. Some of them is making hits, and I and I love to see that because I I came from the battle culture. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't, you know, I mean, I wasn't doing it at a professional level, but I came from that. Like, if you say you rap, someone's gonna pull your card. Right. So you was battle rapping in the yard. 
Is that what was happening? Yeah, cafeterias, you know, on the bleachers. You know what I mean? It was like, because I rap, everybody wanted to challenge me. Mm, okay. You know what I mean? And that, like, so I, I came from that, you know what I mean? I came from that where it's like, if, if, if you're going to get respect in the music scene, people are going to challenge you. So, yeah. like, I, I, I respect that, you know what I mean? Yeah, and Kiego like the clown, my college experience, but I'm telling you, if you would have went to Howard and you was, like, known as a battle rapper, you would have had a great time, bro, because you would have been battle rapping in the yard. You'd have been battle rapping in Blackburn. You'd have been battle rapping all over the school, bro. Like, it would have been tight. Like, yeah, you would have had an amazing rap. experience. Yeah, because I'm telling you. Yeah, I was the hippie, flip-flops, guitar-playing bull. I got into a couple battles just, like, for fun. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was, in a diff- I was in a different lane. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Wearing wearing like You had natural deodorant on, man? <laughs> yeah, I was wearing the I was wearing the musk. I was, you know what I mean. I was oh, wearing the oh, oh, so you had the oils. Oh man, yeah, I was wearing the oils. You yeah, know what I mean? I feel it. You was wilding. You was a heat. I still wear the like, oils, bro. I wear amber white. Nah, amber man. white is the one, yeah. bro. Don't even do that. I got. The, I, I think I might have some Dolce Gabbana right here. Listen, that's the shit. Niggas be like, where you get that from? Can't get it, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they don't man. sell it at it's stores. <laughs> Oh, what is it? Hey, <laughs> that's gonna go crazy, what? Y'all wild. <laughs> Yo, so like, I wanted to ask you, how'd your parents meet? Because uh, they come from like very different backgrounds, like jazz music and church music. You know, some folks would say that those worlds clash in a way. Um, it's it's, it's crazy. Um, <clears throat> so I think they met through, so my, my father's sister and my mom's cousin, I think we're like doing gymnastics together back when my, back when the cousin was like, and my aunt were like into acting and mm. my, my cousin's like in some commercials and stuff. So like, they was kind of like in the showbiz thing. And I think they both was like at a gymnastics tournament of some kind. I think that's the story. Mm. And so my dad was there to support his sister and my mom was there to support her cousin. And they ended up meeting and then, you know, the rest is history. That's tight. So my, my my dad my dad wasn't like religious, so he wasn't into like the church music. He was into like you know the, you know the secular music. You know what I mean? And my mom, she didn't really pursue music. She just had a beautiful voice. Fortunately, I got my mom's voice because my dad can't sing the same thing. And he'll admit that. He does. I'm not even throwing shade. Like <laughs> that's not his that's not his gift. So I got her voice. I got his rhythm, and everything worked out. You know. Did you spend a lot of time in the church as a kid? Because your mom was like singing in the choir and whatnot. I did, yeah. I grew I grew up in the church. I went to I went to a church, um, like sort of rec- you know, it was sort of like regular, you know, church, not even like a black church. It was like like more white people in the church. Mm. And so I didn't so unfortunately I wasn't raised in that that black church music culture like that. Like mm. I go to church now and see some of my friends that just man. Like that culture is for real. You it's know crazy. what I mean? Like that black that black church musician culture is for real. They go crazy, yeah. Then I was also going to an African church. Yeah. So we would go to church twice on Sunday, which for me as a kid was torture because you know we would yeah. go to church, go out and play, I had to go back, back in the house, back to church. So like I, you know, I didn't enjoy it at the time, but I but then I got into that African music church culture. So that was a whole different trip. And like my mom, she lives in Africa now. She's a missionary. Nice. So I went to visit her and got to get immersed into that, that African music culture. You know what I mean? And it's just like every genre of music in the West is based on African music. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even classical, even that classical stuff was based on 
the Greek scales, which was based on the Egyptian scales. Mm-hmm. You know, if you know your history, you understand that that Pythagoras and all and all you know all the Greek philosophers they studied in Egypt, mm-hmm. where music and mathematics and astronomy was all taught sort of as one body of knowledge. They didn't they didn't separate those disciplines. Mm-hmm. So it's like when I when I did my research on the origins of music, it, it, it even reinforced what I have been learning all my life is that like, you know, we as black folks, we created all of the musical traditions that, that right now basically the whole world is, is is riding on it. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. I was gonna ask you about like rock and flow, like that's basically an amalgamation of all the sounds that black people have created, like rock, reggae. Um yeah. R&B, et cetera, like all those sounds are intrinsically black sounds. So you some would say that that is like basically the sounds of blackness, for lack of better words, you know what I mean? Which is pretty dope. Yeah, and I, I, I was into the black rock tradition from a young age, like Fishbone and Living Color. Yeah, sir. Living Color was here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I was, I still bumped that, that Living Color tape, man. And it, I, 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 had a, I had a cassette tape. Of living color, we play that Damn. shit all the time. <laughs> yeah, man. Back, I'm talking back in the day. I'm about to say you keep on dating yourself, bro. You got Damn, I know. Bro. Like, like, I don't listen to this dinosaur no more. This nigga talking about cassettes and shit. This man said he had a hate track. What's going on? He had a beta match. So, I was into I was into the black rock tradition, but and then I and then like I as I did my you know as I grew up and did my research and realized that like we was at the roots of this. I actually went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, mm. and there's a big plaque at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and it says, rock and roll is black music. That's like the first line. <laughs> and you know, it was just a nickname for the black music that was coming out and, and, and taking over the airway. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, and, and, I, and I don't, I, I'm not upset that, that, you know, other groups of people are doing rock and roll now. I just, I just acknowledge for myself and for the people who are, who are, who are you know, into my culture and into my tradition that like, Rock and roll is my culture. And I'm not doing it trying to mimic, you know, other people's culture. I love Led Zeppelin and, you know what I mean? But I also love Jimi Hendrix, you know, but I mm-hmm. love like Led Zeppelin and Grateful Dead and Sublime. Like, I love those bands. But like, I'm not yeah. mimicking someone else's culture. Mm-hmm. I'm doing my culture the way I was raised in it. You yeah. know what I mean? Thanks. Thanks. I like that, man. I like you said that. Because that's what I was about to say. <laughs> Made that shit. <laughs> Anyways, um, so what was the conversation like when with your mom when you first decided to tell her um, that you was going to make music? Like, did she was she in support of it? You know, being you know someone with a church background, was she like against it? Like, how did that conversation go? You know, what's crazy. Like, she's been very supportive of me as a person. Nice. Okay. Um, so you know, she might have she might have disagreements with, you know, my career choice, or she might have disagreements with maybe some of the stuff I say or some of the stuff I do. Mm-hmm. But as a person, she's been very supportive. She's so, supportive. you know, I basically had to, t- at one point, I kind of had to tell her, I was just like, you know, I'm a secular entertainer. Mm-hmm. And as a secular entertainer, just like the stuff that we watch, you know what I mean? Like, just this, right. like, it's like, as a secular entertainer, I'm going to have to cross lines that, that, Maybe some people at the church might not agree with. And I'm not a religious person, but the way that Jesus said, love your neighbor, that's the type of shit that I'm on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that for me, that goes above religion because sometimes religion tell you to do Holocaust on other people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. I, for me, religion is not really something that, that, that 
is 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 a part of my life. What's a part of my life is just trying to have good values. And I think because that's the way that I choose to live, some of the religious disagreements is like it doesn't it it doesn't really come up. You know what right, I mean? Right. Because I think I think I think she knows my heart. But you know, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy coming from a background where I was expected to be a certain way and just feel like, you know, I, I, I gotta, I gotta do it my way. Cause this is my life. Right. You know, I'm not going to use the Gary V advice. Y'all, y'all listen to Gary V. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, Gary V, what's the secret to success? Tell your mother to go fuck herself. And I'm yeah, like, he's wild. Yeah, he <laughs> you don't got a black mother. Black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't do Relax. that. You got to chill. What's going on? <laughs> Slow down. Slow down, <laughs> brother. <laughs> Whoa there, friend. Exactly. Um, Slow it down, friend. Whoa there, buddy. We got to, we got to, you know what I'm saying? We got to see all the eyes some way. You know, but at some point you got to tell, if you want to do something that's not, maybe not their plan, you got to tell your parents, hey, look, I love you, but like, I want our relationship to be, I don't want to resent you because I would, because I, because I took your path. Mm. I want to love you because you love me as an individual. Mm. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah, I like that. So, <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, you're good, bro. This is, this is a great interview. <laughs> somebody going to take this shit out of context. <laughs> oh, not even. And a clip of you saying that. <laughs> oh, yeah, they started Holocaust. We give religion. Nah, Holocaust. Oh, <laughs> this is what you don't do. You don't tell your mother to go fuck yourself. You don't, you go, you don't, you don't do that. You go to your uh, marketing buddy. He's like, listen, you need to get them to take that interview down. The whole interview. Take the whole thing down. I can't work with this. this you're crazy. What's going on? Talking about starting sex cults and flying planes into islands. What's going on? What do you? Do? Yeah, so we get that. It's all good. Oh Jesus! I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do better, man. <laughs> 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 this shit went left. <laughs> but anyways, uh, <laughs> I, need, I need handlers. I need somebody to handle. Yeah, right. <laughs> social you media your, training. Your PR team needs to be like, hey, I'm out. I'm out of, I'm out of control today. Slow down. <laughs> You need somebody to touch your shoulder. Like. <laughs> chaotic neutral? Which one am I? I'm like, I'm like chaotic, chaotic, like, uh, I think it's chaotic, chaotic neutral. Chaotic, chaotic good. good. Is, it, is it? Yeah. Chaotic good or chaotic neutral? One Stay in school. Stay in school. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the fuck. I'm guessing right now. Go to Howard. Don't party too hard. You know? Hey, man. Make sure they got buildings, though, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Make sure those dorms is intact. Yeah. yeah. Funny. I'm, I'm thinking about putting together a scholarship. <laughs> I'm thinking about putting together. I'm thinking about putting together a scholarship. But, but I, I did. It, I did it once before at Howard. I'm going to do it again. Raise some money and and you know give give some to it to an aspiring young young student to you know to 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 just give them give, give them some encouragement. You know what I mean? Let them know that they're not alone in this in this in this journey. Because you know one one thing about one thing about going to an HBCU and, and my experience is like we should not have to go to anyone else. Gasoline, for legal weed, right. to go to a liquor store, to get educated, the car dealership. We should not have to go outside of our. And I love all people. Right. I, I love all people, but we should not have to go outside of our race to do business. You know what I mean? We should not yeah. have to go outside of our race to get educated, to to you know find a realtor. You know what I mean? To everything that we do, we should be able to network together and, and enterprise together. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So like mm-hmm. I, 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 I had a great experience at Howard and I'm, I, I had so much fun and um, I, I really appreciate the network that I got out of Howard. And I just want to, I, I just want to give back, excuse me. Y'all. I just want to give back, you know, 
Yeah. I'm trying to do that too. But hopefully uh some student in financial aid doesn't take that shit. Cause yeah. I was there for Tyrone Hankerson, man. That was a wild time. That was a wild time, my friend. Like <laughs> I, was, I was sick. I was like, so you telling me I'm sitting down here every day trying to get this thousand dollar hole taken off my account. And there's a nigga that work here taking all the bread. Yo, that nigga gotta see me, bro. Like he can't graduate. Yo, and then he was at my graduation. I was sick. I was somebody like, somebody made a song. It was like, it was like making my way downtown, stealing grants, purple pants, and I'm on now. Yeah, because he had the pics. He was flexing with the bread, like wilding, like type shit. Like it was insane. Like then they put the nigga on the screen at the graduation. I was like, bruh, that's that nigga. Everybody was like, yo, what the fuck? It was crazy. Anyways. That's funny. So um I read that you were born in Camden, Camden, New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. But you uh, grew up in Philly. Now, that's yeah. interesting to me because I currently live in Trenton. And when I ride through Camden, I'm like, yo, don't stop. <laughs> do not stop this oh car. My God. I said, do not. <laughs> Listen, yeah, I was, bro. I was, Camden is wild. <laughs> yeah, you know, I got I got friends in Camden. I was I was born there. Uh my my my, my parents, you know took me out of there I was raised for a little bit in, in uh like Pensalkin. Mm-hmm. Pensalkin's nice and as then, fuck by the way. And then my and then my parents split and I was between like Philly and the suburbs. Okay. You know? So I got I got I got I got to see both sides. I got to, you know I got to spend time both sides, you know. And um yeah I mean you know the Philly music culture mm-hmm. is brilliant. I feel like I feel like a lot of great stars have come out of Philly and and in the past ten years a lot of people are migrating from New York, and so it's becoming more and more of a of a of a center for the culture, for the music, Absolutely. for the poetry. And it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing to see Philly really like just expanding. You know what right. I mean? And really getting on the map. Just same way I kind of like I was I was in school when when Wale was coming up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to that was see been a DC, crazy time in DC. Oh yeah, God. and like DC was like my second home, and so. I even became like 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 half a Redskins fan. You know what I'm saying? It was my second sense. home. You know, so <laughs> to see to see DC, and I was I was in a go go band and shit. You know what I mean? So to oh, see what band was you in? I was in I was in a couple different bands, but the 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 last and the best band I was in was called Rock Mentality Band with a girl named uh, Marley mm. Marley D uh, Marley in the mix. She's she's on Instagram heavy. Like she's I think she's out in L.A. now. Beautiful girl, great singer. Mm. Um. She's making some dope stuff, but yeah, we we got some shit on the radio. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yes. Nice, that's fine. W- you know I mean? 95.5. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> in addition to being like your outlet for artistic expression, um, was music also an escape for you as a young child growing up in Philadelphia? Absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, I was not like everybody else, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And for me, the easiest way to relate to people was to be an entertainer, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So I was kind of a, I was kind of a loner in some ways. And I was kind of like an honorary member of every group, yeah. you know what I mean? Whether it was like the jocks or whether it was like the potheads or whether it was, you know what I mean? Whether it was like the, you know, the band, the music, guys you know what i mean like the band guys and i was sort of an honorary member of every group i was included in every group but i was not really like a member of any group mm-hmm. but everybody appreciated the skills mm. so 
yeah, that was just that was just kind of how I how I related to people, and I, I I really poured a lot of my personality into it so that I could show people who I really was. You know. Got you. And you said that you started making music um, or recording music about a time like fourteen years old earlier, and that's like yeah, freshman was, year of high school. So yeah, actually, it was it was I was. You <laughs> It's even before that. I was I was doing poetry mm-hmm. in like the fifth grade. I think sixth grade, I wrote my first song and recorded it on one of them little pencil mics that come with the computer. Wow. God damn. The song was called You Heard, mm, and, it, okay. and it had a question mark on it. The song. <laughs> That's fine. Title, no, it's not. He heard. said it like he know what the fuck. Right, listen, <laughs> he's a kid. The hook, That's was like, the hook was like, something, something, something. You heard? And the, 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 you heard? So I thought this was so cool. I had this little squeaky, pubescent voice. I had this little Mickey Mouse voice. I I heard it one time when I was like in high school, and I was like, "Oh no!" Like (laughs) I took that hard drive, drive and I just fucking drowned it. You know what I mean? I drowned it in the tub. But that was our first song. But by the time I was like 14 in the eighth grade, before I even before I even got to high school, I had already recorded a project. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I had a, I had a early, I had an early start. So by the time I was like really recording, I knew I knew about my mic control. I knew how far to stand away from it, how to knock it all the pops in the you know what I mean, how to yeah. like you know use the pop filter and and mm-hmm. and how to how to really deliver on the mic because I had so much practice. My first couple of songs, it might have took me. 25 takes to do one verse you right. know what i mean right now still i still do 25 takes now but not because i'm just getting used to the mic but because right. like i'm just i'm like an actor i gotta get in character and deliver it in a way that like people want to listen to it over and over and over right plus you're not just like rapping you singing now and stuff you yeah, know melody exactly. and stuff that go with it so it makes you want to make sure it's right i get that yeah man yeah, yeah. makes sense yeah, so what kind of music were you making at, at that age? Like, what was the, the subject matter? Was it like, because, you know, 14 is like when you start getting into shorties and all that, you know what I'm saying? So was it like love songs or whatever? Like, what, what were you talking about? What was that first project like? I was rapping, I was rapping about pop locking, Cheez-Its, video games, <laughs> <Hey, yo. laughs> and finger fucking. Oh, shit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Making, and making out under the bleach. <laughs> That's hot. That's hot, bro. That's hot. Wow. <laughs> that's real shit, though. You know what I mean? Like, when I was battling, I was talking about people's corals. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? The speakers, you know. You know, if there was any good at sports, you uh-huh. know what I mean? You, you know, so like, you know, I had shit to talk about at 14, you know, a little bit. Yeah. That's, that's shit to say. Yeah. So like, Cassidy <laughs> was like real big for you growing up, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we like Cassidy on the show. I'm not gonna hold you, like. Yeah, I respect man, Cassidy's a fucking legend, man. I don't know about that no more. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm it's, not even, it's I'm not even, you from Philly. You, you know what I mean? It's a little different. Okay. Yeah, legend. Okay. A battle a battle rap legend. Yeah, facts. A, a punchline king. Yep. It's unfortunate that his career didn't go, I feel, as far as it could have gone. Because mm. I felt like he could have been the biggest star of all time. That's what his beast relationship but, really fucked him up. Yeah, but <sighs> you know. Some of the songs didn't go over as well. You know what I mean? Music and, changed. And That's what it was, yeah. man. You know, 50 Cent came. Cameron came. Like, what? Yeah. you can't really... Cassidy wasn't like a songwriter. You get what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. Like, people... He was a rapper. Like, somebody that had bars and punchlines. But it's like, that's different from writing a song. Like, you know, you write songs, bro. 
Like, right. it's a difference between being a punchline guy and a guy that can write a song with like real content and stuff like that, or tell you a story. Like Cassie and we got room keys. You know what we doing? Like, <laughs> what's that? You know, like what, what we talking about? I get you. Yo, Ron Kelly popped up in that video with the mask. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, that shit was wild. R. Kelly again. Shout out to the real the Pie Piper. Um, but Come man, to my hotel. yeah, yeah, we got room keys. They up in there doing a hand dance. Six in the morning. Six <laughs> in the morning. That's the dance. Six in the morning. We got room keys. They they like this. Like what? What's this? What's that? Then you make a condom you song. Know, like what was that? Twenty eleven. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the thing is like. Was, and the thing is, like, Cassidy used to go so hard. Yeah. And then when I heard him come out with that, I was like, damn, they trying to market him like B2K. Yeah, because that's what was popping. Yeah, and then, and then he like tried that. to come back after that and do, like, more of a, like, just, like, back to the roots. But by that time, it didn't it didn't really translate. And like I said, I, I felt like his career could have gone so much further if just certain things were a little bit different. I still think he's one of the baddest motherfuckers of all time if you're just talking about bars. Bars mm. is back. Hashtag bars is back. Yeah, I mean, man. Like, yeah, he, just wanted, he just wanted the baddest. He was, you know, and when he, when he, when he battled disaster, he said something like, "You still live with your pop and your mom, so you gotta, so you up all night listening to your dad popping your mom." So yeah, dad popping your mom. So your dad popping your mom. You with your pop and your mom. Yo. That's that kind of fire. That one, that one was, I wouldn't say, that was a hard one to say who won that, because I think they battled twice. They did. I, Cassidy had flavor, he had bars. Disaster had a lot of energy and a lot of intensity, but Cassidy is seasoned. And that was like, that was a tough, that was a tough call. So, so apparently what happened was the first one, Cassidy um, got, Disaster took him out of there the first time. Like, and the one that nobody got to see. And then the one that's mm. out the second time when they battled, like the same night or whatever, Cassidy got over on him, kind of because the crowd was like already used to the content and Cassidy had like better preparation and stuff like that too. Every battle okay. he's been doing, he's been getting better though too. I don't know if you've mm. seen any of his newer stuff. Like when he battled, mm. uh, who he, who, who he hit man holler? Man, yeah. okay, that was crazy. No, 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 that was crazy. Forget the battle. You got to watch the face off. You the seen face, face off? off? Fu- oh my! And with hit man holler, I don't know if you went to <laughs> I like. Watch that again. I don't know you for that. I don't know if you went to like extra <laughs> nigga shit. But bro, if you like some ch- chicanery, debauchery, real ignorant nigga shit, a nigga moment in the making. Yeah. Cassidy versus Hitman Holler face off, not the battle. The battle low key trash. Just that face off is the top, son. That face off was way face better than the battle. That face I don't know you for that. <laughs> I don't know you for that. <laughs> I don't know you for that. Man, come Hitman on, Holler was like, let me go get the strap. He was like, you got that strap. You want wilding out? <laughs> <laughs> he moved you around like a little boy. He moved you around like a little boy. Nobody put the, I was never even plucked. Nobody ever put their hands on me. We're like, well, son, that jank was crazy. We'll move I, I, around. I think I, I think I fast forwarded through the face off. I'm gonna watch the whole thing again. Man, you got watch, from beginning no, to end, bro. Watch that shit. Ignorant. It was it's fire. like a boondock. <laughs> it's literally a boondocks moment. That shit is like boondocks in real life. An ignorant thing. Just ignorance all around. It's right. That's funny. Jesus. Yeah. But yeah, man. But um, I guess aside from Cassidy, like, can you tell me some of the, some of your favorite artists growing up that? You would say influence your sound today? Will Smith. I was a huge <laughs> fan of Eminem. Oh, I was nice. a huge fan of Jay-Z. Okay. Eminem was crazy because it's like, you got a lot of gangster rappers like drive-bys and shit like that. And mm-hmm. Eminem was just as crazy, but mm-hmm. just in a different way. I ain't no fucking G. I'm a cannibal. I ain't trying to shoot you. I'm trying to chop you in the pieces to eat yeah, you. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. He was just, and, and, he, and he just, he was, he just was just so different. And he mm-hmm. had that crazy flow. 
Um, big fan of Jay Z. You know what I'm saying? Uh, there was some cats that like grew on me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when I first heard Jeezy, I didn't, I didn't get it. Chill. I didn't get it. But then after a while, I was like, yo. <laughs> Yeah. He was he was actually one of my biggest influences once I started to understand like just the depth of what he was saying. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, so, so the shit sound real simple until you listen to it again. You just feel like, oh shit. You ain't gotta like it because the hood gonna love me. You ain't gotta like yeah. it because the hood gonna love me. Hey. Wait, 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 was that Jeezy shit? That's Jeezy. Tay right? Rock took his shit? That was Tay Rock. No, that's this Jeezy. You ain't got like the Tay Rock. What do you mean? The battle rapper? No, not Tay Rock. Damn it. J Rock. That's J Rock oh. from TDE. No, that's, that's, the hood's going to love it. That's, that's, that's Jeezy. Are you sure? Yeah. You positive. Bad money. Bad $5. I'm looking it up right now, brother. Go ahead, from keep, keep. TDE. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Because when GTA 5 came out, that was the marketing. This nigga, this nigga said, inside fish sticks, outside tartar sauce. I can pull a celery. Imagine what she's telling me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> nah, that's true, yo. BMF Jeezy was different. Smoke, you know what I'm saying? Riding yeah. to that traffic, not a real shit I ever wrote. Were you at Howard when you performed? When he did that, my friend is back, my nigga. When, when Obama won, <laughs> I heard that song pretty yes. much from morning to night for about three weeks. Absolutely. President is black, Lando's blue. Everyone was playing that shit. Yeah. He was a visionary for that shit. That was yeah, the anthem of all anthems. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, so can you tell us a little bit about your stint with the Rising Suns? How'd that group come to be? That was funny, man. I um, I was on the yard with my guitar, mm-hmm. and people wasn't really doing that when I when I went to school. It's like I feel like I, I'm gonna get a look. I feel like I single handedly brought that back at Howard because people had ciphers and shit, and there was the music students that was in that was you know they was in the practice rooms and they was doing their thing, but I was on the yard with it, with my mm-hmm. guitar just singing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then a, a guy came up to me. He was like, yo, what's good? Nice. Trying to start a band? I was like, yeah. <laughs> so he, <laughs> he, had, he had one drum. He just had a snare drum. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was just, just one. We was on the yard jamming. Just me and the acoustic guitar, him on the snare drum. He was like, bro, when I, he was like, bro, next time I go home, I'm bringing my whole drum set. We're going we gonna to do this shit. Okay. And it was just me and him for a little bit. There's a, there's a poster. I, I think I still had a fit, the photo somewhere. But we put up posters. It was just me and him, and we was just a two man band. Hey, then oh, we shit. had another cat that started playing bass, and then we expanded. We got a, we had a white boy on violin, and oh, you know shit. we we played all over the city. We we got to open up for like uh, Phil a day and like all these all these crazy people. So we had a lot of fun. We 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 did homecoming at Howard three, three years times. back to back. Yeah, I seen that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we was, yeah, man, we had a lot of fun on campus, man. And uh, yeah, it just started, like, it was like my first week of school, freshman year, I was in a band. Say like that. And me and my, uh, and me and my, um, my drummer was both from Philly, so we came home and we continued it for a little while. Right. And then, you know, he went off and did his thing. And, and so, you know, I, I started getting new people, but I kept the Rising Suns, I kept that culture. You right. know what I mean? I kept, we had a secret handshake and shit. You know what I mean? But I, I, I kept that, that, that Howard University, you know, that, that black rock, hip-hop, rock and flow aesthetic. I kept that shit all the way through. Like the so now I've kind of gone solo because what I'm trying to do is just create more opportunities. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going solo. If you want to go far, 
go together. If you want to go fast, go by yourself. And right now, I'm like, we need to get, we need to launch this shit fast. Right. Get this shit international, and then I can bring my boys back into back into the cipher. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And you can tell me to be a part of the band. Let me tell you. Was, was my shit, man. We had so much fun, man. Yeah. And, and like- we brought. The reason I say that we kind of started that tradition is like we was the only ones playing instruments on the yard. We was the only ones. Yeah. Right. By my junior year, we started seeing some of the music student cats come out, come out, come out onto the yard and do this. Out of fine arts, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, and and then there was a new group called called GWN, Group Without a Name, and then shortly, and then my senior year, another band came up under them. Mm-hmm. Nice. So it's like we kind of, we kind of like, we kind of, you know, normalized that shit, and right. now. I think I think the tradition has carried on. So thank me for that. That's tight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did. That. I did that. They know me for that. They know me for that. Flowers, you know that'll be cool. <laughs> like and subscribe. You could do that for me if you wanna. If you wanna give me some some props for for, for, bring, for you know for bringing the black rock culture back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Talk. <laughs> so what was it like being a member of a rock band? Or oh, what is man, it like? So yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I watched you know, the so at one point it was it was a white guy on guitar and a white guy on violin that we had found like on Craigslist, and then the rest of us <laughs> was from Howard. Mm-hmm. And so it was yeah it was a, it was a mix it was a mixed group, and I had I had my share of groupies. I had chicks that came up to me and wanted me to sign their titties and shit. You know. Oh, that's tight. But at one point, <laughs> like at certain points, girls would come up to me and be like, "Who's the white guy?" You know. What I'm saying? <laughs> Damn, yo, I'd have been like, "Nah, don't do that." I, you know, I was like, "Hey, man, you got you got spread the love." You know, make sure I don't get a ticket. But um, but yeah, like being in a rock band was cool because I was an MC first, mm-hmm. and I was doing a lot more rapping and singing early on. Right. And the energy of having a drum set behind you and a bass player next to you and a and a, a lead guitar player next to you, and I put the I put the guitar down and just get my motherfucking James Brown on. Right. Mm-hmm. That was the most exciting feeling. Like, my, like I said, my solo shit. When it comes to making records, and right. not even just solo, like me, you know, me and my boy Ishmael making making music together. But like, he's one of the Rising Suns. He's one of the new Rising Suns. You know what I mean? Nice. But but like, that shit is great in the studio, and it's great. It sounds good in the car. It sounds good in the headphones. But when I'm t- but, but but live, for me and for the audience, it's nothing like having all of that vibration. On the mm. stage, I get to be a fan on the stage. I get to yeah. dance around because the music is so popular. I can't control my body right. on the stage. Right. That's just, fine. Yeah. I actually, uh, I actually have a clip of you at home uh, at a homecoming. If you want me to, I can play it for you a little bit. I don't think Diego sees yeah. I found it earlier today. I was like, "This shit is fire." I'm gonna play it during the interview. So let me play Bet. it right now. Oh, man, don't you go 
Yo, y'all was crazy. Like, I'm not even gonna hold you. Like, I was watching this shit. Like, bro, hey, was y'all going in? Bro. Yeah. <laughs> that was like that was like the best day of my life at that point, man. Yeah, you was. I've, it, I've, had some, I've had some crazy times since then, mm-hmm. but yeah, man, we pe- people was coming up to me for a couple of months after that show. I can see that. Yeah, like, yo, that was lunch ladies and like mm-hmm. my teachers and yeah. yo, that was you. I was yo, we did that. <laughs> I wish I was a Howard when that shit happened, bro. I'd have went crazy. (laughs) Performing from about 10,000 people that day. That's fire. Yeah, Yard Fest packed out, bro. Natives from all over the city. I must have really took off after that. Which, which, uh, was this your first, second, or third time performing when this clip happened? That was the third time. Yeah, I can tell. You look real comfortable up there. For sure. Yeah, Yeah. and you know what's crazy? So, Howard is a tough crowd. You know, I was about to say that. I was about to say that. Like, that's tough. I you did that three see, times. Like, that's crazy. I seen, like, I opened up for Nipsey Hustle. I opened mm-hmm. up for Wale. I opened up for Big Sean. That one was the time I opened up for Rick Ross. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen, now, now, all those people that I just named, they didn't get booed. But, but niggas I've get seen, booed, yes. <laughs> I've seen niggas with record deals get booed. Facts. It's and tough I for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, yeah. I studied the crowd. I studied all the interactions. I studied every artist and every crowd participate. And so, by the time I went on, the, the first time I did my rendition of the Black National Anthem and I had some raps in it, I was ready that time. Second time I came around, there was no bands allowed, so I did, I did solo with a beat. Mm-hmm. Right. But I was ready that time. And then by the third time, I was all the way ready. Right. And so if you know, like you, you fast forward past where I addressed the crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I had them on my side before I started rapping. You did the HU shit? Yeah, you know that was tight. Yeah. You got that call yeah. response. Yeah. So 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 it's like, you know, it was, it was it was important for me to it was important for me to to get to get the words out. So I made sure that that like I turned them on first. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, like I I Going going through going through what I went through at Howard and seeing how to address the audience immediately and and how t- how tough a crowd can be, I'm ready for anything now. Like right. that 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 experience opened up with so many great people and, and in front of such a tough crowd just made me seasoned. So by the time I graduated college, I was I was ready. You know. Mm-hmm. So how long after your uh, time at Howard did you hang around DC? Because a lot of folks that graduate Howard will like move to DC and just be there for like a few years afterwards and not go home for a while. You know, I, I kind of feel like I should have stayed because mm-hmm. we was doing a lot of shit in D.C. Oh, you went back my, to Philly my, right after. Yeah, my drummer was my drummer was like, he was going to Philly. He was like, oh, my, my job is bringing me to Philly, so let's all move there. And I was like, hmm. hmm. I go to L.A., you know what I mean, and like do that. I go to Atlanta and do that. I can stay in D.C., but we've already kind of built up this, this thing where I go back to where I'm from and just carry it on like that. So I decided to go home mm-hmm. and, um, you know, yeah, it was, you know, it might, it might've made more sense to stay. Um, but you know, i you know, DC is not far. So I, I, I continue to go back and forth and then go to New York and spend a lot of time in LA. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and you know, spent some time in Nashville. So I, I feel like it's not the location, it's the spirit. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So I kept I kept that Howard spirit with me everywhere I went, you know. Nice. So what were some of your favorite spots to perform at in DC? Because Kiego and I um, we're from DC, so like I can like picture. Now a lot of stuff, like, a lot of stuff might be closed now, but yeah. I, I did I did Velvet Room. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the that. Velvet Lounge. I did uh-huh. the Red Lounge. Mm-hmm. I did. It used to be called Bohemian Caverns. I, I love Bohemian Caverns. They closed that. They closed that. They closed, that was my they closed, shit. They closed the, the Red Lounge too. And the yeah, Velvet, they did. Yeah, and Velvet Room. Yeah. I performed at Sankofa, which is still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Support Sankofa. If you listen, support Sankofa. Buy some comic books. Get you know some sandwiches. Them shit go crazy. Black comic books. You know what I mean? Get yourself a smoothie. You know what I mean? They got a black old beer. Yeah. Um. So, uh, what else? Uh, this ain't Kofa. What else? Um. Uh, the Black Hat. Mm. Yeah. Um. It's another. It's another spot that I did out there. Uh, hard to remember now. I, there was a. There was a spot. There was a spot called Bloom Bars, right around the corner, and it was like it started off. I was there from the first one when it was no mic or nothing. Damn. Mm. And it, they kind of built it up. To, they kind of built it up to something. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of spots around DC. It was fun. And then when I was with the Go Go Band, we were everywhere. Yeah, yeah, we did all the, all the, the DC. Yeah, we did, we were everywhere. <laughs> Go Go is just like yeah. Go Go is the only music that I've seen that like. So it's like I'm here. The audience. The audience <laughs> is here. <laughs> I'm here. Do, 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 do. The audience is here. Two five, wall to wall, dancing the asses off, burning calories. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. All Sweating. night. Then niggas start chopping. It's the most energetic music that I've ever been a part. And I've been in like a hardcore band, like you said, with like the heavy yeah. metal. Like I was, in a, I was in a, I was in a hardcore band. Right. Yeah. I was rapping over like also Rage Against the Machine type. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yep. Yeah, but like this music was just. Like it was just it's like black heavy metal. It's like yeah, DC's well. version way to put of it. that. That's very fine. percussive. And yeah, man, I that that was like the most electrifying music I've I've ever been a part of. You know what I mean? My stuff, my stuff I I, I took a piece of that. Mm-hmm. I took a piece of that go-go culture with me, you know. Mm-hmm. So like I had been to the tunnel like once before when I was a young boy when they was doing go-go uh go-go performances and shit got kind of crazy um so I'm curious like during your stint in go-go have you ever like seen like a fight break out in the crowd like why y'all performing because like shit used to go down at go-go it's like not while I was on but Mm -hmm. one of the one of the go-go's I went to it was a fight but I didn't even see it it was kind of in the distance and there was police and it was you know it was a little scuffle but it it didn't get you crazy but Mm -hmm. yeah I heard all the time I heard about like People was like, people from DC was like, nah, don't even go to a go go. People be dying and shit. Yeah, that's yeah, fact. Like, Man, that's I'm a musician. Like, I gotta go where the music is. So if I die, I die. He's <laughs> on his Drago. Yeah, yeah. What's up, Kitty? Yeah, yeah, it's Mariah. She be making noise in the background. Little, little studio cat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, had to, I had to go where the music. I had to go where the music was, you know. Mm-hmm. So in your time between. Howard and now, how would you say you've grown as an individual? I went through phases, you know what I mean? I went through phases. I've always been into 
the rock scene and the hip hop scene and the R&B scene. And um, I tried to make music that was, not tried, I made music that was kind of like, I made music that was, I was really trying to combine hip hop and rock in a very commercial way. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how Gym Class Heroes did their thing. Yeah, yeah. And I had some success with that. I think a lot of people thought the music was really great. But I feel like I didn't land on one side or the other solidly enough. Mm. And I think that's kind of the problem that Gym Class Heroes had. They were my heroes. They were my heroes. You know what I mean? Um, but like, I felt like they didn't get, they, I don't feel like they landed squarely as a rock group. And I don't think they landed squarely as like a hip hop mm-hmm. act. Yeah. It was there was kind of this like thing in the middle that was kind of like a novelty. And as talented and, and as they were, and as and as fun as the music was to listen to, it didn't fit neatly enough into a category, I feel like, for them maybe to get to get the success that some other bands got. Mm-hmm. Or some other hip hop acts got. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I did a lot of that and I felt like during the pandemic, one of the things that changed, I was just like, you know. I never really considered myself an R&B singer, mm-hmm. but I felt like, let me kind of go in a lane, sort of like The Weeknd and Miguel, where like, yeah. I don't have to do R&B like Tank. Exactly. I don't have to try to sound like Chris Brown. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, can do, I can do what people call R&B in a way that, that fits me and is, and is unique. Right. And so now I would kind of consider myself an R&B act, and that's probably the biggest change that like, I that's feel like that's a genre I can really stand on. Yeah. And when, when people ask me what my music is, I don't have to try to explain that I'm, yes. that I'm taking two great traditions and trying to mash them together. Like, you should like it because it's both. Right. right. You know what I mean? <laughs> now I'm just like, R&B. Exactly. And if you, if you want to add any little, you know, any little asterisk to it, you can. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? That's probably, that's probably the biggest that, that came That came from the pandemic. It was just mm-hmm. like, the college, the college gigs that was like my bread and butter, they love that shit. They love that like, Hip hop, rock, master thing. I got to be like two acts at once, and you know what mm-hmm. I mean. And they they appreciated me bringing like little flows and a little guitar, and they were like, "Oh yeah, he's like you know, he's he's so unique and different." And I I was riding off of that, mm-hmm. but when that got taken away from me, I was just like, "Okay, what's what's pure and intense that mm-hmm. I really feel?" And I'm not as much trying to make commercial rock commercial rock hip hop mashups anymore. Now I'm just making the music that really inspires me. There you go. And the best way to categorize that would probably be like alternative R&B. Smart. That's fire. I'm not going to lie. Cause like I was going to say, but between like your time with the rising suns and the project or the singles that I've heard of the project so far, I'm like, damn, like it sound is, it's, it's grown a lot. Like it's changed and it sounds yeah. like you're more pointed in your approach, as you said. Mm-hmm. And I'm really looking forward to this because, like, every song that I've heard of this project has been amazing. I love R&B. I love alternative R&B, and I feel like the, yeah. the that genre is open, like, for the taking. Like, Trey songs yeah. has phased out. Chris Brown is on another level. He's like doing some other shit. Um, and it's like it's really shout out, right. shout, shout, like, out, shout out to Chris Brown. Though a, a few a few of my friends uh, that I came up with uh, got songs on that project. On a new one, my, my Breezy. Boy, yeah, my, yeah, my boy Chris Barr. Okay. Um, he, he 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 produced one, and um, my boy Blake Winters he produced one. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, some some of the cats that I came up with have written and produced for Chris Brown, and I got so much respect for Chris Brown. I mean, his yeah. his music his music has been on point for decades. 
You know That's what I mean? He's, yeah. he's one of the most talented motherfuckers to ever touch a stage. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've, I've actually got to see him live. I actually got to meet him in person. I was at. Wow. I got to see him in person. I, I, was, I went to the, the, to the video shoot with the, that he did with, with Rita Ora when they did mm-hmm. that song together. Mm-hmm. I was at the yeah, shoot. Nigga sat right next to me. I got to meet Chris Brown. She was crazy as hell. Is he like cool <laughs> yeah, person? I, I, yeah, he was cool as fuck. Where he was telling stories, just hanging out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he, he, it's crazy. Like he lit a he lit a joint, right? And because I was sitting right next to him, I thought he was going to pass it. Oh nah! <laughs> Don't smoke with Chris Brown. Because there was a whole strong. crowd of us. It was like it was like six, seven people around. And he lit his joint. I was like, oh shit, I'm next. <laughs> and he just passed it back and forth. Like, <laughs> him and his bodyguard. <laughs> and there was a second joint in rotation for, for, for us, please. You know what I mean? Oh, nah. <laughs> I thought I was going to smoke Chris Brown's butt. But, um, but yeah, he was super cool. And um, yeah, he's like, I just, I've, I'm such a fan of, of, of his music. Like, he's made so much great music over the years. But yeah, he's, he's, I feel like he set the standard for the R&B that we grew up on, that Usher and that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Type of sh- But he's growing um, beyond that. He's, like, making, like, way, like, it's it's different. Like, his sound has expanded but so yeah, far but, beyond. But, but he's, he's not necessarily in that alternative R&B lane. He's, like, in a no, pop no, no. R&B. He's in a different lane. It's different, yeah. It's, it's not, it's no longer, yeah. like, alternative. Like, it's expanded to, like, the masses. Like, right, he's done, right. like, the, the sounds that, like, rock all over the world, not just, like, mm-hmm. in America. So, like, I feel like mm-hmm. that has, like, helped him expand his audience base to a point where it's more like he could exist in any genre, like house music yeah. or like like R and B or rap or whatever. So he's pretty crazy, but super super talented dude. Yeah, you definitely, know? definitely. So I was like, I was just saying, like the alternative R and B lane is like open for like a new yeah. emerging talent that's going to take over this genre. So like you're coming at the perfect time, in my opinion. Facts. So I'm excited. Plus, your stuff sounds super polished and clean too, man. That's the like the strongest so. part of it. It's super yeah. ready. Thank you. Yeah, we 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 work, we work really hard on it. We work really hard to bring it to the industry standards so that mm-hmm. I don't have to make excuses for it. You know, exactly. what I mean, you could play my shit next to a Miguel song and be like, oh, this, yeah, it's uh, the same. Know. Yeah, comparable. Yeah, man. yeah, just, just don't skip a beat. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Like that, Dang, man. It's clean. Are you looking forward to collaborating with any artists uh, that are out today? Absolutely. I mean, you got a list? Oh man, I don't want to offend anybody by leaving them off the list. What's your dream collaboration? But, uh, How about that, Elani? Dream collaboration. Like living or dead. Aaron Ray, Elani mm-hmm. Gibbon, R. Kelly, Daniel Caesar. <laughs> I think I said R. Kelly. Yo, Hold Daniel on, I'm, Caesar, I'm, I'm, you I'm would a, make a, some heat though, like for. for <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, Daniel Caesar, Daniel Caesar's dope. I'm trying to think. This you know, I have a, I have a sense of humor that I bring to my music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I feel like whoever it was, I want them to be funny. And it's about- I feel like Ty Dallas sound is funny. He is funny. You know what I'm saying? I feel like, you know, um, The weekend even has his moments where he says some, he kind of got that tongue-in-cheek humor, you know what yeah. I mean? In, in, some, in yeah. some, of his, some of his rhymes, you know? Yeah. Um, Eddie Murphy? I would, say, I would say my number one would probably be The weekend. Okay. That'd be fire. Yeah, I, I, it's hard for me to imagine what that would sound like. Mm-hmm. It's hard because he's so versatile. Yeah, he is. You know what I mean? I don't know which weekend I would get. You know who else? Free YSL, my nigga Young Thug. Young Thug. Mm-hmm. That'd be fire. Fire. Every feature he does is just like, you never know which Young Thug you're going to get. Get Jeffrey. <laughs> hey. Jeffrey's the <laughs> one. Oh, that project is so good. 
that's that, that. You might, you know, Young Thug might might be the most interesting collaboration for me because I kind of know. I feel like I know what I would get with the weekend. Right. I kind of feel like I know how me and him would interact musically, but I feel like Young Thug would surprise the fuck out of everybody. Mm-hmm. No, for real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He'd be having different pockets too. That's the thing I like most. Like cadence, he have new cadences all the time. And yes. he'd be like, I didn't think of this cadence right here, bro. Like when he did the little, hey, he'd be doing like the little Louis Armstrong. I'm like, yo, how you think of that? That's crazy. Hey, yo, Mr. Krabs, fucking, that's crazy, bro. And then and then sing and then sing like kind of sweet, like you know, I'm like, oh shit. And then and then and then switch it up and just hit you with bars. He got funny lines too, though, man. What was the joint? He said something about a cup of water, like a diamond in her butt. It was something he said. I'm no, like, this thing wild. Like a geek. Yeah, he yeah, like yeah. Freak. <laughs> he went crazy. Oh my god. He be wild and saying clever shit. shit. Man, that's a and bar, his, man. His, like <laughs> one, one thing I learned from Young Thug, and I try to I try to take a piece of that for my own shit is like he'll drop a like you said, need like a geek. Like he'll drop a metaphor that only makes sense. Like because he said it, it's like yeah. no one would think to compare this thing to that thing. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you got like a Cassidy type of bar where it's just like you know, you know what I mean? Where it's just like uh, you know, like paint the walls. You know, like he'd be like paint the walls like graffiti. He'll say something that's like kind of like an obvious punchline, but it's dope. Yeah, and the way he and the way he delivers it is funny. You know what I'm saying? But Young Thug will compare two things that you would not, <laughs> that you, would not you know what I mean? That you would not think to do. Right. Yeah. So, uh, happy one. Hey. <laughs> is there a, hey. <laughs> is there a, is there an achievement or an award, um, that you feel like would affirm your success as a musician? I got, I got three. Mm-hmm. I got three. Okay. I want a Grammy. Okay. Mm-hmm. At least one. If I get many Grammys, that's dope. But I want a Grammy. I want like like the way the way little the way little Wayne said it when he got his first Grammy. He said, "From this point forward, just like when you get doctor in front of your name, right? From this point forward, people will refer to me as Grammy winning artist Lil Wayne. It don't matter if I'm going to jail, right? Thanks. It's going to be Grammy winning Lil Wayne, and that's that's something. I mean, it does it it, it doesn't mean anything, but it means something. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's one. Number two, I want an Oscar, okay, because Every song that I make, I make it, not only do I try to make it cinematic on its own and then try to make a video that tells a story and it's cinematic like that, but I picture every song I make embedded in a great song. I mean, sorry, in a great movie for a great show. And one of my my best moments, I remember sitting in the theater watching Get Out and they got that crazy intro Mm -hmm. and then boom. And it shit. played the whole song through, and the music filled the whole theater. Everybody was nodding like, their head. It was crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I want an I want an Oscar for a soundtrack. Mm. Three, six, oh, my yeah. So that's number two. Number three, I want to do the Super Bowl. Holy moly, that's fire. Okay. If I hit, if I hit all those three, done. I feel like I created a piece of the culture. That that will hopefully inspire somebody to express themselves. That's fire. And, and oh, notice man. how he ain't say BET award, man. I was about Go to say, to I kind of want a BET award. Fuck, want a BET award? What the hell? <laughs> no, and you know what? No, I'm gonna I'm I'm actually, I'm gonna 
actually re- I'm gonna actually retract what I'm saying because because how, like how I said, like the Grammys matter. It's like okay, if I don't get an Oscar, but my people recognize the skills, yeah, I'm not mad that they. You know, if if most of the people who vote for the Oscars are white, I'm not mad if I don't get an Oscar. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? If most of the people who vote for the Grammys are white and they give Macklemore a Grammy over fucking over fucking uh, yeah, Kendrick and Drake, yeah, over yeah. K-Dot, like. Fuck it. You know, if I don't get a Grammy because they're not feeling what I'm doing, but I get a BET award, it's like, we need to appreciate an award ourselves. Mm, you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't need their recognition to say that, that, this, shit is, that this shit is great. So mm. on, that, yeah, on that same token, like, if I got a BET, I didn't, I didn't mention them, but if I got a BET award, I would be just as proud. Yeah, me too. As if I, as if I got a Grammy because it's just like, if people vote for me and they and they feel like this represents their culture, I'm cool with it. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm cool with it. It don't matter. It don't matter if it's this or if if if, if, if I collaborate with with uh, with Miley Cyrus and get a country music award. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um. So, but yeah, BT award that that would mean something to me. But BT don't even play music on the goddamn. I know. Say that. <laughs> You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm gonna need to bring that back. But you know, I I, I feel sorry about that. I feel, I'm glad that FUBU is making a comeback. All right. Because when, when did it stop being cool to buy black? When they making fleece shirts for, night, for when it's 90 degrees outside. What you talk about? I you got an all year, black fleece shirt that say F-U-B-U on it. You look goofy as hell. What? FUBU was hot. Then all of a sudden, it was, no, you can't wear FUBU. You got to wear a polo. And I'm like, wait. Why are we giving our money to them? I'm not going to hold you like. I what? had this you know? one Easter outfit for church, yo. It was a golden FUBU shirt that came with a necklace. I was like, oh, this is whack, yo. Like, wow. FUBU, everything FUBU is not fire, bro. I was suffering in this. Yo, That's FUBU's for- coming back. No, FUBU's coming back, though. I see, I see some cats wearing it, and I was I like, mean, okay. I, I mean, some of it is You know what, man? You know what you should do in your next music video? You should rock some FUBU, bro. Hey, look, that's not bro, bad. I'm going to rock FUBU on my next music video. I'm going I'm to I'm stand on it. <laughs> don't, don't, do do hey, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Hey, I'll if you do it, I'm I'm, I'm going to stand for I'm going to free balling in a FUBU sweatsuit. Man, you, oh really, you really adamant on this free balling <laughs> shit, too. That's, that's crazy, bro. This is the second time you mentioned this shit. Free balling, man. You be free balling with FUBU on. You be hot as shit. Yo, look, your whole shit be <laughs> all that fucking fleece and, and, and polyester and shit. That Yo. shit irritating, man. You got to put some, some, some talcum powder on or something like the oh, hell, baby, or you got to be lotioned up. You got to be oiled up. You got to be oiled up before you put on some FUBU, man. Free oh, balling the FUBU is crazy. Gotta, you know, you got to say, you got to say moisturizing. You don't want to be chasing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You going to shake with FUBU on, that shit be hot and itchy. What's going on? Look like they on quality control this shit. So I did, I did an event um, called Philly Create. It was a meetup of photographers, models, and stylists. And I was a musician, so I had this crazy fucking rock and roll jacket on, and and yeah, the the, the, the curator he had this cool ass FUBU fit on, and I was like, God damn! I was like, he, that shit was cool as fuck. Yeah. But yeah, FUBU sweatsuit, no drawers. Hey, bro, that's the vibe. Okay. <laughs> I bet. You go ahead, man. You gonna be with them cameras on, the lights on you, them hot ass lights, wearing for f- fucking I'm polyester a, and take five a minute. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna need a fan. They're gonna blow you, <laughs> blow the fan through your shit, and the whole place gonna smell like ass and balls. Like, what's going on? Where we at? He's like, no, I got my O's on. I got my O's. <laughs> <laughs> Google's got a network now. They got for us, by us network now. 
Yeah, oh, for right. real? That's crazy. I didn't know that. Was that like the home yeah, shopping network? <laughs> it's like Revolt. <laughs> it's right? like yeah, Revolt TV. Revolt is tight. Let me but, see. Uh, but yeah, man. Um, last question for you. By the end of your career, how do you want to be remembered? I think I'm gonna be a good time. Mm. You know, we had a good time dancing, making love, getting high, mm. watching our favorite movies. You know, whatever people are doing, I want to be the soundtrack to the best parts of their life. Just like that. It's a great answer. <laughs> I don't know how I would answer that, but that's a good that's a good response. <laughs> Thank you for a great interview. Um, Kiego and I are very happy to have you on. So let me clap it up for you one more time, man. Yo, man, yo. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, July 1st, Parachute Drops. Mm-hmm. Stream it. Fight on Bandcamp. Show all your friends. Much love. Peace. Blessings, man. Thank you. Thank you, man. So, um, thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Verified Podcast. If you need to reach us, you can find our information in the description. Um, and uh, we'll get back to you guys next week. So, continue to be safe. Keep your head in the swivel with summertime. And uh, we'll check in with you guys next time. Thanks. Peace.